What is up, and welcome back to the 4 Men Podcast. Today is a very special day. I have my good friend Jeremy Camp in the studio with us today because he's on a tour right now, and he's coming through Monroe, Louisiana, so we have the pleasure of having him in the studio. This is only like my, I can't remember what, I can't remember. It's only been like Sadie and her dad, so that's not really that special as actually having somebody out of town in the podcast. So with all that to say, Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I like I was talking about earlier. I like your manly setup here, by yeah, the way. Yeah, and, and I was telling him, it went from like, like this was a very thought out, how can I make this as least feminine from Sadie's Yeah, because well. Sadie is complete polar opposite. Yeah. It is like white, fluffy, sparkly. Yeah, which is great. You fluffy know? pillows, fluffy yeah. chairs. And You're, this is like yeah, mute more, colors. More, yeah, more the blue. <laughs> I got a kettlebell back here. Just some... You know, little little rack. I like this the setup yeah. here. You got like a yeah. like little old boxing glove, yeah. kettlebell, and little tennis racket. That's good. Oh, I, I was thinking, I, I had a, it took me a long time to like think about what do I actually want this to look like. Yeah. And here we are. So I'm. I'm I heard that you're the 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 brains behind building your house too. I am. Yes, me and Sadie are building a house right now, and she. I'm more the brains behind it. She's like. I don't like that. I like this. And then I'm like, okay, well, and since since you do like that, we need to go like five steps back and rework this whole thing out then. So. I love it, dude. Yeah. yeah well, good. like I said, I'm so happy to have you with us today. So just right off the bat, I'll ask you, because I know that you're on tour right now. So how do you, because I know we talked earlier about, you know, if you don't know, Jeremy actually, 20 years ago, you were doing that much weight? Yeah. Oh man, are you going to talk about was, it? Well, yeah. I'm saying like, the, uh, yeah. He was saying he he was pressing 375, which is which yeah. is nuts back in like 22, 23 years yeah. uh, of age. But um, that was before you were touring. So really now, like, what do you, you know, how do you kind of maintain like a health, but also like workout routine, kind of while you're on the road traveling? Yeah, I mean that's huge for me because you know my physical. I, I'm on stage. I'm, I jump up and down and I run around and so singing and everything. I have to be cardio ready, but. Um, I bring a Peloton on the road. So, like, it's incredible. We built, like, a custom case for the Peloton, and they roll it in and out. They put it in a dressing room, and every day I go ride. And that's really kind of how I maintain cardio. I mean, I go to the gym every day, which I kind of found, like, Planet Fitness is the best for me because they have gyms everywhere. And so I go to the gym, ride the Peloton, and that's how I, I stay fit. And honestly, I mean, I can't. I'm not like you. Like you're yeah. huge, and you know I'm. Yeah, you. I'm, you're wa- I'm wasting away. You don't give yourself enough credit. You're huge. <laughs> I'm wasting away right here. Um, but but I definitely like like my wife first met me. She made fun of me because yeah. she was like, "You were just you walked funny. You know, you just yeah. were this big jock guy." And I was. She's from South Africa. Yeah. And she was like, I was into. You know, I was like, man, I just want an arty person, that surfer guy, because she was you know, yeah. raised by the ocean. Yeah. It's like, here you come along, this big bulky yeah. guy with bleached hair. Can you surf? So can I, you surf though? Um, yeah. You I mean, I'm from Andy Amber. I can. I'm from Indiana, so I can surf Amber Waves of Grain. Like, it's about all I can surf. Yeah. I can't do like real waves. Yeah. 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 So you were like two ten jacked, and you were you were, you were worshiping. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to picture you okay. right now being that being that physique. <laughs> I'll explain it to you. So people would always make fun of me because they said my guitar always looks so small, like a toy guitar on me. Yeah. And so I always try to find the jumbo guitars after that. I don't have to do it anymore. I'm good now. Yeah. I always have to find the jumbo guitar so I didn't look like I was this guy like playing a mini guitar. Like a monkey playing a mini guitar. That's what I would look like. Yeah. For sure. Well, (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're also – but you're also a husband and a father. So like when you're not traveling, how does that – like, do you feel like over time you've evolved to, because you said that you have a gym at your house. So how do you, yeah. like, even on, on a daily basis with, you know, being a husband and a father? Or, yeah, being a, yeah. I was going to say husband and a dad. Yeah, yeah. Husband and a father. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. But, but how, do you, how do you, like, you know, what does your routine look like for, for days like that? Yeah, I mean, it's, we were going to talk about, you know, later we were talking about how the spiritual and physical disciplines, yeah. you know, life for me are huge. They always have been. And they kind of go hand in hand with me. If yeah. I'm... If I'm just not being disciplined, everything yeah. kind of, they both fall to the wayside. And uh, I just make it a consistent thing. Like I have, you know, some weights in the Peloton at our house and uh, where we live. And I just make it a priority. I wake up and my my goal is to try to wake up and read first before yeah. I go work out. Because yeah. I find that, I'm not saying you have to do it that way, but I know me. And if I don't wake up and spend time with the Lord, spend time in his word, and I just go work out, then I'm already in a whole different mindset. Yeah. My mindset is just now I'm active and I'm ready to go yeah. instead of spiritually getting my heart ready and then working out. It's yeah. just, but it's such a benefit. So I just make it a consistent thing. My kids, you know, they're, they're homeschooled, so it's kind of easy. So they're yeah. doing their thing. I work out. Yeah. And then, you know, we really, 
it's been fun to watch my kids get excited about exercising too. Yeah, that's cool. And so they're seeing the benefit of it because I yeah. think that I've done it. They've seen me do it. They, they, they would make fun of me because they were like, Dad, we remember you being in your gym and we hear like you grunting and yelling and oh, listening so to funny. like POD and Blindside and Switchfoot. They're like, so remember, funny. they're nostalgic for us because those are the bands that you listen to when you work out. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Well, do you like, is that something that you like enjoy doing? Like, I love do you, it. Like do you, would you, like do you work out early in the morning or do you like to do work out later? Because I feel, I feel like for me, I enjoy working out early in the morning. But I feel like sometimes it's hard, even now having a baby, like yes. to read before I even go to the gym. So like, how do you like? Do you wake up early to get that done, or what is? What yeah, is I'm more like because my schedule when I'm home, yeah. well, even on the road, because I, we don't really do things until later anyway. Yeah. So I make it like I would say around noon or one, I start working out. So yeah. I have the whole morning just yeah. to kind of do whatever and read and just kind of hang out yeah. with my wife, and then. It's kind of nice. We're in a whole different spot of life because my kids, like I said, they're getting older and you're, you're in the yeah. infant stage. So, oh, yeah. so, we're still like, in the, so you wake still up. not sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like working out at 7 a.m. just sounds so miserable because we're up at yeah. midnight, 3. Oh, for sure. Like, so it's like I've had to slowly push back my workouts because waking up tends to get later. And then it's like, then, then if, but then again, you feel like you're like, wait, I feel like I'm wasting the day because it's like, get up at like 9. Then by the time you do everything, then oh. it's like, past 10 oh totally like, oh i need to read oh i need to go to the gym oh it's 12 <laughs> and it's like then life happens yeah and then and then obviously we have things to do throughout the day so it's just like a slow progression of like things just keep getting pushed back yeah um, and you'll adjust that's the thing about it, it's learning to not be so like for me i was always hard on myself all yeah. the time about like i gotta do this and if i'm not doing this i would just freak out you know and i just i gave myself grace and just been like i gotta learn to adjust to whatever the situation is and yeah. it's okay you know what yeah. I, mean? I mean yes it's really good to have disciplines and that's what, you know, I'm huge on, but there's a point, like, especially when you have a new baby and they, they change and they get older and their yeah. schedule changes, like you might shift your schedule and that's okay. And I think yeah. that giving yourself that room for grace to kind of shift is huge yeah. because then you're, if you're stuck in this thing, like, I have to do this, then, yeah. then they could be the ones that suffer. You yeah. know, your family because you're so stuck on doing this. Yeah. So you gotta find yeah. that balance for sure. Well, have you always been into fitness? Kind of mentioned I know earlier yeah. you mentioned you played football yeah. growing up. So have you always been into into that? A hundred percent. Like I, I remember being in sixth grade, this is no joke. So sixth grade, we you know, I couldn't go to a gym uh -huh. and we had no money. I was young. So I get two gallon things of milk that were done and I'd fill them up with water. And I would do curls, and I would do flies. Oh, that is hilarious! Shoulders, all that kind of stuff. Until finally, the, sa the same water. Did you ever? Did you ever? Like, would you drink it after? Oh no, 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 no. Okay, no. Wouldn't do that. No. But I would just literally have these milk cartons, and I would work out with. Until finally, my parents saw like, okay, he actually wants to exercise. This is, I was sixth grade, and I, I started yeah. doing that. So they bought me a few weights, and yeah. I just did push-ups, and then as much weights as I could. Yeah. So I've always been into it because yeah. I played sports. I was man. I mean, that was my thing before music was sports. Yeah. I mean, I played baseball starting when I think I was five, and that was my thing forever. And then kind of started playing basketball a little bit and football my, you know, sixth grade year, and then that became my passion. Like, I wanted to play football. And I thought that's what I was going to do. Like, I was into sports, working out, and that was my thing. And God just grabbed my heart. I mean, it was very obvious. I was 15 years old, and I remember asking my dad. He played guitar. I said, Dad, can you teach me a couple, you know, chords on guitar? And he's like, Absolutely. So here I am, this you know sports guy playing football. I was a running yeah. back and linebacker, and and uh, I'm playing guitar and yeah. starting to play these you know songs. I, I would play songs that were on the radio, and pretty soon it became something that I I loved. And I wrote my first song, and my first song. I wasn't really serving the Lord at that time when I first started learning to play guitar. And I remember though, because I was raised in a Christian home, but I remember just having this moment of writing this song that was called "Set Me Free," mm -hmm. and. I knew the truth. I was raised in the truth. I was raised in God's word in a Christian family. And it was it was awesome. But I started straying away. And I remember I wrote my first song it was called Set Me Free. And it was my cry saying, you know, you gotta set me free, set me free, free from sin. It was just like this kind of yeah. moment of just my cry. And it took about, I would say, six months after that moment when I wrote that song, where I finally surrendered my heart to Jesus. Right? I yeah. said, God, I'm I'm surrendered to you completely, hundred yeah. percent. And um, that was kind of the start of where I still, at that point, love sports. And I yeah. tried playing football again, but it just was not my yeah. passion. And music became something that flowed there. But 
Um, but I've maintained because I think I started working out so young. I've maintained that. Yeah. I got to a point where I almost yeah. was body. Like we we're talking yeah. about 19 inch arms. You were arms. huge. You showed me that picture. You were huge. I know it's kind of embarrassing. I, I, might, I, I, I might use that as like our YouTube cover. <laughs> that would be so embarrassing. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. But it was it was one of those moments where I just kept working out. Yeah. And because it always was good. I felt like it was a discipline of mine that I needed, especially yeah. because I had played sports all my life and that was a discipline doing that. Yeah. And I needed that discipline. So yeah, yeah I love it, dude. I yeah. love it. Well, when you wrote, so I, I just, I just had that thought, but when, when you wrote that song, where did that, like, where did that cry come from when, when you wrote that? I think I was at the point where in a sense I was, I would say experimenting with the world yeah. at that point. Yeah. And I, I remember thinking I'm kind of miserable. Yeah. Like, because I knew the truth and I was thinking I was having fun and I was out doing whatever I wanted to do and got to the point where I was, I was literally miserable and I felt like I was trapped. Yeah. And so the cry was like, I feel like I'm, I'm caught in this web in this trap and I need to be set free. And yeah. so it was me kind of telling Jesus, like, I don't know how to get out of this. Yeah. That's what it was. Like, I don't know how to get out of this. And so the, the song really birthed from that, that cry of like, I don't know how to get out of this, but I want to. So yeah. here's my song that I'm going to sing to you. And I think yeah. that's how I've always written is it's my cry to the Lord or something God's teaching me. Uh, I respond. It's a way that God teaches me things and I respond through song. And I think that's been such a saving grace for me because it's a, a way for me to articulate all the things God's teaching me. You yeah. know? And it's a deep kind of uh, work in my own heart. Yeah. It's like, here's here's your heart. Let me do some surgery. Let me yeah. show you some things. Yeah. And there you go. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's where it came from. Like a desire to say, I don't want to. I don't want to be in here anymore. Mm-hmm. I want to be completely surrendered. Well, I think that's definitely the Lord, because like, because that's even kind of you know similar to my story. Like I was so lukewarm, yeah. And I got to a point where I was miserable. But even like at our culture, like I feel like lukewarm is just so like people are so comfortable in that. So how do you think? How do you think you get to that point where like you go from being comfortable in that to just being, you know, miserable? I mean, obviously through the Spirit. I think it's. I think it's. Yeah. I think. It's, you know, I think it's through Christ that, that that happens. But like, you know, why do you think that we get so comfortable in our lukewarmness? I, th- I think that just culturally, too, we can have a cultural Christianity. And so what happens is that um, we, we talked about it on our way. We had a great conversation yeah. for whatever. We should have been filming that. I, dude, it yeah. was literally like the best yeah. conversation ever. We were talking about repentance. Yeah. And I think culturally, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of fluff out there. Yeah. And I think that you can get comfortable in your lukewarmness because, for one, you don't you don't understand the the holiness of God. I think, in a sense, like you're not yeah. really understanding um, really the depth of what He did on the cross. Like for me, I think if you if you understood that our sin yeah. is what made Him go to the cross, and then that our sin was placed upon Him, and He died a brutal death for us, yeah. I think until you really understand the depth of that, yeah, that action, that love and, and that commitment that he had to say, I'm going to lay down my life for you. Um, I think we just kind of go, I think it's okay. You know, like I'm just having fun, no big deal. And we get comfortable in that. But then I think when we start to press in and God starts pursuing us and we start seeing his heart and understanding who he is, I think that's when you start going, Oh, I'm, this is miserable. Like, what am I doing? Like I'm not, I'm empty. I'm not, I don't feel fulfilled anymore. And I think because we realize we are, it's, it's a, a gaping hole that's in us that can we hear all time that can yeah. literally only be filled by Christ. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So I think I think even because you you just kind of talked about the crucifixion a little bit. Like I think even for me and even now it helps me. Like the passion of the Christ. Like if you if you actually visualize because it's easy to read on a page, you know, totally, and like and totally. But like if you actually visualize the death that Christ actually had and knowing consciously that like it's my sins that were totally. placed on that. Like if you visually see how brutal it was, like I feel like that that almost even at the, at the same time has this ability to like pull you out of like I can't just be comfortable and like going to church on Sunday, but also you know getting drunk on Saturday and like right. living this life of like there's no like we talked about this earlier, like there's no bearing fruit, there's no repentance, there's no like signs of like I'm actually surrendered everything to Jesus. Yeah, and that's I think that's where you said it like as you. And you start to meditate on that and, and intimate with Christ. It's it's the Isaiah thing where, you know, he said, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, yeah. you know, and high and lifted up and his glory and his majesty. And his response 
it was almost like my, my thought about that is as he got closer to the Lord, yeah, he realized his sin. Yeah. Like because of the holiness of God, he realized, oh my goodness, he goes, Woe is me. Isaiah yeah. said, Woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips. So he realized as he got closer to the Lord, his need and his separation of how holy God is and how much of a sinner he is. But it wasn't like, and this is what I love about it, because here's the the non-condemnation side of it. I think when we get to that spot where we go, whoa, what was me? I'm a man of unclean lips. Like compared to you, God, yeah. wow. I think, but you realize that he loves you so much. It's yeah. like, okay, okay, God, I'm sorry. Yeah. But here I am, send me. Like, yeah. I think that should be our response. Not, not the like, loathing, you know, self-shame, like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm terrible. It's like, no, like, God yeah. forgives you. But yeah. we should understand our need for him. Yeah. And once we do, but understand the depth of his love, our response should be, here I am, send me. Like, yeah. I'm going for it. And I think yeah. that was me. Like, when I realized my sin, that's yeah. why I said, I went out of this. And then once I gave my life to Christ and surrendered everything, that's when I just said, here I am, send me. Yeah. And then God started opening doors for me and music and I started playing and, and writing more songs and it became that thing where he said, okay, like yeah. you want to be used? Here you go. And I said, yeah. yes, absolutely. Whatever yeah. it takes. And so, yeah. but not without difficulties, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? Like struggles yeah. and difficulties yeah. come and you know, so. Did you have that moment in college or when, when, when did that, was that high school? When did yeah, that so happen? It was high school. I was, um, it was the summer before my junior year of high school. I went to a youth camp in California and the pastor was teaching. I remember he was teaching, he was teaching Revelation, uh-huh. and I was scared to death. Yeah. I was like, oh gosh, this yeah. is terrible. And I remember God spoke to me really clearly, and he basically said, Jeremy, you're you're on the, the edge of a cliff, yeah. like you're walking the line, yeah. and you're about ready to jump into like basically the, the darker part of this, but you need to run as far away as possible, because I want to use you, but you have to run away from that that cliff and that line you know, as yeah. far away as possible. And um, he just revealed in me, Almost like he revealed to me where I was heading. Yeah. If I didn't surrender, yeah. I was about to like take the dive off. Yeah. And that I think was my high school. I, I said, yes, okay, Lord. But not, I don't think until my first year. So that was the start of it. Yeah. But I think my first year of college, I went to Bible college. And that first year, after one of the messages, I felt like God actually gave me a new heart. Yeah. And what I mean by that is I remember. The guy was speaking. Don't even know what he was speaking on. And this is the, yeah. the beauty of of God's pursuit of us. Yeah. Is that I didn't know what I was speaking. He was speaking on, but all I know is that my heart was being so stirred that I sat down on the. It was a pew. Had my feet on the seat, and I was sitting on the the back of the pew, and I just wept for about an hour. Not no joke. For about an hour, just kept weeping and weeping. And I remember thinking, like, what is wrong with me? And I remember finally, like. I kind of got done crying and I felt like that I just had a brand new heart. My heart felt so soft. Yeah. And it was almost like there was a progression from when I said, yeah, I don't, I don't want to do that anymore yeah. to absolute surrender. Yeah. And that's the key. Yeah. Like there's a point I think we can make where we, we say, I don't, I don't want to live like that anymore. And so yeah. you kind of go, okay, I, I want to try to pursue the things of the Lord. Then there's the, the absolute surrender, I think that happens. Yeah. And that's for me was when I was 18 in Bible college, yeah. I went, I'm done with yeah. my junk. Yeah. So. Before, like before your junior year. Well, first off, that's awesome. Yeah. That, that's even for me, like my, I was going into my senior year. Like I was, this is just, I'm just going to set the picture. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. We're going to, uh, I never want to go to a Christian camp, like youth camp. Never wanted to do it. Totally do. I thought those people were weird. <laughs> Never wanted to do it. My first way. night, everyone's like raising their hands during worship, and I'm like, "What are these? Like, what? What is this? Like, these people are crazy." Um, which, looking back now, is hilarious. But I'm literally yeah. going there. I'm on this. I'm on our church bus. I'm watching American Pie, going <laughs> going to my youth camp, or going to this retreat, um, and the Lord just did so much in my in my heart at that at that camp. And I mean, I did. It wasn't like I started following Him right after that. It was totally, you know, yeah. I still was. I, I was less lukewarm, I'll say that. Like I was more like bought in to yeah. bought into to, to to you know truly being a believer. But it wasn't until I was in college where the Lord really like I was at this party and it was just like this light like this moment of like I'm just done with this kind of thing. Yeah. Um yeah. but I say that to say like for you, you know, what do you think because like you said you went to Bible college, yeah. what do you feel like would have happened if you had like suppressed that? Like that stirring. Like, do you think you would have gone on to keep playing sports, or where? Like, what do you think your life would have? Gosh, at, that's, at that point, like, yeah, what do you think I, would happen if you suppressed that? 
That's a good question. Like, that's a really good question. Um, I don't know. Like, I think for me, I think because I, I, same thing, I used to yeah. like to party and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, I could just see myself uh, being in a place where I was just working a job, which is fine, but like, yeah. but having no purpose. Does yeah. that make sense? I don't yeah. know. And, and probably just struggling, you know, through life, to be honest. Yeah. And I think that I would have no sense of purpose. And with no sense of purpose is just, it's hard. And, you know, because God, I think, instills in each and every one of us a sense of purpose. Yeah. And, you know, I think that no matter what age you are, if you're young, you know, if you're older, I think that God breathes this life of purpose. I think that if you're older, you still have room for God to use you in a, an amazing way, you know? Yeah. And so I think for me, I probably would have had no sense of purpose. And yeah. I think I would have been probably in a dark place. And so for me to... I don't think I would have even pursued sports, to be honest. Yeah. Because I think I just was living for myself, and I don't think I would have had the discipline even to pursue sports. Yeah. Because I would have just been like, eh, yeah. I just want to do whatever I want to do and not work hard. Yeah. And God's like, no, nah, yeah. I have so much more for you. Yeah. Like, okay, Lord. Yeah. How do you think? I'm I'm enjoying asking these questions. I'm just thinking it. Like, no, no, no. This is I'm good. The, I'm just this like, this is good. This is well, because I feel like even like because because that was like what 20 years ago. Yeah. About that's 20. Gosh, yeah. well, I was eighteen. That was twenty six years ago. Twenty six years ago. <laughs> Excuse okay, me. Well, even, but it, I'm, I'm even thinking like even <laughs> that's, now. That's, that's longer than yeah. you've been no. born. <laughs> only, only by a few years. Because um, I'm even thinking about our culture now. Like, like it's all like self consuming. Like, yes. Yes. And how do you, how do you think like as a church we've gotten to where it's like like we've we've kind of taken that self consumerism even to oh. to Christianity. Oh yeah, I mean, literally, bro. I think of. You know, everything is about what what can I do to make myself happy? And yeah. you hear that, like, from this culture of, like, whatever it is that makes you happy, do that. And yeah. I think it's leaked into Christianity as well because everyone's like, God wants you to be happy. And it's like, not really. It's not really what he says. And we have joy. Like, are you kidding me? The fact that Jesus loves me and he died on the cross and rose again? Like, yeah. yeah. Like, thank you, Lord. And he gives us joy. And, and there is happiness, of course, and peace and all that. But it's not really our calling to be happy. And I think that we've bought into a lie that we're called to be happy. Yeah. Um, actually, and I, I, this is such an old saying, I know. But I think as I've gotten older, some of these old sayings that can sound Christianese, I'm like, I get it. Like, yeah. even though it's like an old saying that can sound very like Christian and yeah. cheesy, it's like, but I get it. Yeah. He called us to be holy. Not, yeah. not happy, but holy. And I really, really do believe that. And the older I get, I see that more because when we're trying just to be happy, we're trying to satisfy ourselves. Yeah. And instead of doing what God's called us to do, which is to what? Deny yourself, pick up your cross daily and follow me. Like he says, no, it's about denying yourself, not yeah. making yourself happy. And so I yeah. think consumerism and I think that cruise ship Christianity has been bought in a lot, you know, into mm -hmm. this country. I'm not saying there's not amazing things. There's amazing churches, amazing people doing incredible things. Yeah. So it's not, I'm not like saying everybody's off at yeah. all. Yeah. But I think that we have bought into, we come in and we get all the things that we want and the we consume what we want and there's no output. We talked about in the car, there's yeah. no output. Yeah. So we have to be careful to just take in and take in and take in yeah. and become fat Christians, you yeah. know, and yeah. have no output yeah. of outreach and yeah. discipleship. I mean, I think you said it. There's so many people. And I, I love, listen, I'm an evangelist. I love when I share, I share, the, excuse me, the gospel. And I think that people, you know, at a at a place accepting Christ, it's, it's relevant. But you have to be careful not to let that just be the one and only thing. You have to disciple. You have to make sure that yeah. that person that said, I want to follow Christ. Yeah. That they know what they're doing, first of all. Yeah. They know what they're committing to, and that they truly are discipled and said, yeah. this is how you surrender your heart to Jesus. This is how you follow him. Yeah. And I think that that has not become the priority. Discipleship is yeah. not a priority. And if it yeah. is, we might be discipling wrong. Yeah. And that's allowing consumerism to yeah. be the, the main part of discipleship. Well, that's, I mean, well, that's even Luke 14. You know, he talks about, oh, like, dude. you know, the... Like, uh, um, well, we're about it's maybe thinking because we're about to start building a house, but it's like you know, no one like no one goes to build a house and doesn't have enough, doesn't count as much count as much money. Then the whole town ridicules them. But I'm I'm botching the the verse. No, but, but I know I'm, what you mean. You, you know, you're paraphrasing about, the verse. Yeah, yeah like I know what you there's mean. A, there's that lack of like this is the cost of what you're of what you're getting into. Yes, and even like because you you just said holy, um, which which is a like you said it's a church word, but also I just thought about sanctification, which is also a church yeah. word. And I do think, cause we were talking about this in the truck, I do think that that lack of repentance and that lack of like, 
or just you, you know you be happy. Yeah. I think that's I think you're suppressing the sanctification. Like Absolutely. over a period of time, looking more looking looking more like Christ and being more holy. Absolutely, and that's that's His heart for us. Yeah, he wants to He wants to sanctify us. Yeah, to make us more like Him. You yeah, know what I mean, and I think that we want to be. I'm trying to think of a good word. We want to be catered to to yeah. be more like what we want. <laughs> that's yeah. that's the complete yeah. opposite. Like yeah. sanctification or catering to. Yeah. You know, that's what we we like. Yeah. And so I think it's just we have to be careful. You know, with where we're at, and all of us. I mean, I, I have to be careful. Like yeah. we live in in a sense the kingdom of comfort in a sense. You know, in, yeah. in, in our lives, and um, I just I don't want to get comfortable when I know this is not my home. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's and so good. it's. I'm I'm thankful. It doesn't mean we can't enjoy things. Like I'm not the yeah. like you can't have nice things. You can't nice, do yeah. I'm not at all like that. But my yeah. point is is that we can't get so comfortable that we we forget that man. This is not our home. That yeah. heaven literally. This is merely a shadow yeah. of what's to come. Yeah. Which that blows my mind it's when crazy. I think about like because the greatest thing like we've all you know you you traveled a ton. I've traveled a ton and we've seen some incredible things. Right. Yeah. And you're like that's just a shadow yeah. of things to come. Yeah. So like. Can you imagine what oh, our real home is going to no. be? Oh. We, we even even like hear these near death experience stories, and it's like, Bro. which I'm a firm believer in, in people that have this. Oh yeah, um, and it's like just some of the things they it's like insane the things that they say like yeah. when they come back to actually being conscious like it's crazy. Yeah. And kids are going, oh yeah. yeah, I mean that it makes sense. I had a guy one time, and uh, I had written this song, and one of the it was a chorus about it's called Finally Home, and it was about um, being with with Jesus in heaven and this guy this is probably six months later and uh he was like yeah I had a near-death experience and I was like really and he told me the story which was like and a lot of the people around that I knew were friends of mine like oh yeah no this is like legit I mean yeah. he died you know yeah. he was in an accident he was a skier and anyway and he's like man and I'm telling you he told me this he goes the colors yeah I can't even and I'd written that word colors that I've never seen yeah. you know what I mean like Deeper than my, you know, greater than my, you know, greatest dreams, whatever I said. But he goes, I forgot the lyrics. Yeah. I'm like, wrote my own lyrics. I'm like, I don't know exactly what they say, but I do remember like colors that I've never seen. And he goes, the colors that, yeah. and I think that even this, when I say that a shadow of things to come, just to think about that, like, no eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has in store for us. Yeah, you know, and like that's crazy. We know that the we're gonna go through hardships here, and I think that's what these hardships are that pressing of like. Oh yeah, like we're hard pressed on either side, but man, it's worth it. Like Paul says, this slight momentary affliction—it's momentary—is yeah. nothing compared to the weight of glory in store for us. Like, yeah. so it's so it's okay. Part of like what we go through is is those trials and tribulations. Like, yeah. embrace it. It's hard to embrace because yeah. I mean, we've all we all have stories of something. Yeah. and uh, I've had a story of a loss and my first wife, and you know that was a. That was the olive press, like the pressing, you know, yeah. but in that pressing became something that was usable and something that was beautiful. And I think that um, that's just God's sanctification process. You know, the pressing yeah. creates something that's actually good. Yeah. And we don't like it. It's like, oh, yeah. it's the potter and the clay. Yeah. Like he's, I can almost picture the, you know, the clay is trying to talk to the potter because that's talks about him being the potter with the clay. Yeah. And it's like, no, God, that hurts. Stop. Don't, yeah. don't do that. And he's like, I'm trying to shape you correctly. You know, yeah. and you're like, oh, yeah. it's like, who are we to, to yeah. say to the potter? Like, no, yeah. no, no, that's not how you do it. Yeah. It doesn't feel good. He's like, trust me. Yeah. What I'm creating is beautiful. Yeah. So. Which that's a whole nother conversation. Bro. For, for another day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> exactly. even in that verse, it's like, because that's even like Sadie's whole thing. It's like, live, like be original, live original. Like, we're all created uniquely and created differently, like, for a set purpose. Like, you know, um, I think it's Psalm 31, right? He knitted. Yeah, us yeah, and your father, and mother's Yeah, room. yeah. There's also yeah. Psalm 119 as well. Has Psalm, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I was like, there's, there's so many Psalms. There's so no, many, I know, trust there's me. There's so many things. I'm always going through my head, like, I think yeah. it's in, you know. Because so. I've even seen, like, after being married and, like, now being, a, like, a parent, like, even just the last 10 months oh, like bro. of sanctification, it's been like just insane. Like my patience, my grace, like it's, you can't like plan for anything because it's not going to happen the way that you plan for I know it. you're talking about. And I'm like, that. I'm a very like <laughs> scheduled, very planner oriented person. So like even just coming out of that has just been such a, such a cool thing to see like yeah. the ways that like, um, I don't know, just, just the ways that crisis kind of formed me in those areas over the last 10 months. How do you feel like you being a parent and, and a husband has 
helped with your process over the last 24 yeah. five years, however. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. Um, yeah, I, you know, for me, it's it really is a you realize how selfish you are. Yeah. You know, and that, it's a, that was the it, thing I was thinking. Of. Yeah. You're it's a constant, so like, you're selfish. Yeah. Oh, you're yeah. selfish. And I, I mean, the great thing about it is we've had such good conversations with our kids. I mean, my, my daughter just graduated high school yeah. a couple months early, which is crazy. So yeah. I have a daughter who yeah. is 17, she'll be 18 soon. I'm like, oh my goodness. And then my other daughter will be 16, my son, who is, you know, he'll be 11 in August. And, for one, it's all different personalities. You're learning to deal with different personalities, yeah. different ways you deal with each and every one of them, different ways that they they feel loved, you know, yeah. the love language, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it is a it, it's a process because yeah. it's a constant like I told my kids all the time, I'm like, listen, and this communication is a big key to why I think things have worked well, because we talk about everything. And if we make mistakes, we're like, I'm sorry. Like I screwed up. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's not, you know. Well, sorry, I made a mistake. It's like, hey, forgive me, I made a mistake. Like, I screwed up, you know, I got upset, yeah. whatever it may be. But I think that, you know, watching them grow and watching their personalities and learning to to deal with them individually is such a stretching process that it only is, it only is done by me seeking Jesus. I know it sounds so, like, cliche, but when I'm seeking the Lord and asking for wisdom and praying for my kids, that's yeah. a key thing too, is praying for my kids yeah. has been massive because it allows me to um, tap into God kind of speaking to my heart about yeah, what they need sure. or what, you know, uh, there's times when, when my son's like, dad, I feel like that you're getting on me and you're being harsh. I'm like, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. I actually didn't be harsh. Like, he's like telling yeah. me, you're yeah. being harsh. I'm like, yeah. you're right. You know, instead of being like, I'm sure that's so humbling. Oh, like, <laughs> dad. All, all honey can say is da, 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 da. <laughs> so I feel like when she actually like oh. says like, you're being hard on me, like that's just going to just wreck me. Oh, and I've, that's all the conviction I need. Bro, like, and we've, we've had that, like my daughter too, she says something like, you can't tell me that like, you know, hey, quit being so negative or whatever. And this is just kind of a whatever general term, yeah. but I'm like, you get, you're so negative all the time, negative, whatever. And uh, she says something to me and my wife, and she said, this is super personal, but it's like, you know what, yeah. it's this life. She goes, maybe if you tell me I'm negative one more time, I'll finally get it in my head. Like, basically yeah. quit telling me that. And you're like, okay. Like, yeah. she's starting to feel like, instead of encouraged, just like put down. And you're yeah. trying, we're thinking, we're trying to help. Like, we don't want you to be negative. Like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, I know. Like, I'm just, let God deal with me. And you're like, yeah. you're right. And so we just need to pray, you know? And it's just, and it's been beautiful because we have those conversations. And we tell our kids, and this is one thing that you'll learn too, and what you will desire, and I'm sure that you think this, is that you want your kids to be better than you. Yeah. So you want them, like I told them the other day, sure, sure. I'm like, they said, man, we have, I, they said this, and I, you know, I laughed because they're like, we have a lot to, to live up to. I mean, you guys are great parents. And I'm like, I'm laughing. And I said, guys, listen. I said, when you get older, you're going to realize all the mistakes that we made. Yeah. Like, you think like, oh, you guys are so great. Yeah. I said, but you're going to get older and go, oh. And I said, that's okay. Because you'll learn to take the good. It's like, eat the meat and spit out the bones. Like, yeah. take the good stuff, yeah. spit out the bad stuff. And I want that. I yeah. want them to like thrive past anything I've ever experienced. That's that's my harsh desire. Yeah. And so so when they said that, I started laughing. I was like, Yeah, yeah one day when you're a parent or whatever, you're gonna go, Oh, yeah. okay, this is what he was talking yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you'll see yeah. that. It's it's such a humbling thing. No, bro. I mean, dude, like, cause even like Sadie, like, she'll call me out on things that I'm like, that I like it, I it won't oh I won't process that I'm doing something wrong or bad, and then it'll be like, Hey, you've been doing this lately. Then I'll be like, Ooh, that's just like, cause, cause I'm like a one, which means like I'm already criticizing myself, and then when she criticizes me, oh. it's just like a double whammy. Oh, for sure. It's just like a, it's just a sucker punch. Um, and then you're like, and the, I can the only imagine the when we like, have more oh. kids, and it's like, hey, dad, you're doing this wrong. Hey, you're doing this wrong. It's gonna be like, <laughs> just like I'll be like just getting knocked. Oh, out for of sure. Head. It'll just be brutal. <laughs> but it's a good thing. Yeah. It's it's. You said yeah. it earlier. We'll bring it back to yeah. the sanctification process. Yeah. That's what it is. That's what I'm going to view it as. Yeah, just yeah, just, just think of it that way. Yeah, sweet, sweet, uh, sweet critiques. Sweet critiques. That's how I'm going to view it. I love that. That's how I'm going to view it. Is that like something you just thought of yeah. right now? I, I just thought about that. Yeah, see, yeah. there you go, critique. man. That's what happens when you have conversation. Sweet like, critique. I like that. Well, <laughs> you, you need to write a book. Yeah. called Sweet Critiques. So called yeah, and it'll be for all the ones out there who are. <laughs> Very hard on yourself, and maybe you are a parent, or yeah, maybe you're not yet, but you will see one day that 
uh, it it hits hard. It hits yeah. hard. Yeah, well, you can be hard on yourself. And it's okay too. Yeah. Like, it's and okay. you're not. Yeah. Here's what we'll say. Me and Christian will say, and I'll, I'll say, being you know, a little older into the the scope of you know having kids, 17 years old. But like, it it really is like you're not an island. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're not alone. Like yeah. everyone experiences those difficulties. You know what I mean? I think it's a beautiful yeah. beautiful thing about having conversations with people too about even this yeah. or like. Hey, my kids said this sometimes, so be ready for that. Yeah. Like, you're going to sit there if you're feeling critiqued and be like, okay, I'm not the only one. Like, yeah. it's, it's okay. We're on an island on this, you know, journey. And yeah. I think that's the beauty of having, you know, conversations, having people in your life that you can actually have those conversations with. Like, invite yeah. people into those conversations. Yeah. Because then you'll be like, even with marriage. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Like, with marriage, like, so many people, you start sharing and you're transparent. We wrote a marriage book that came out. Yeah. and. And we talked about our difficulties, but not yeah. just like, here's our difficulties, here's our dirty laundry. It was like, here's yeah. our difficulties, here's what Jesus taught us and how we learned to, to press forward in this. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's like, I think we, we realize when we're real and transparent that more people are going through the same thing that we are yeah. than we re- so even realize. Yeah. And it really does, I think, it helps that process and not yeah. feel so critiqued. Yeah. Or like I'm the worst person yeah. ever, you know, yeah. it helps. Yeah. That, that transparency yeah. is huge. So, yeah, I think definitely, I mean, even just vulnerability in marriage has just, well, just been the biggest, the biggest thing that we've grown no, up for bro. sure. Massively. Yeah. yeah. I want to ask you, I want to ask you about one of your songs because I love Dead Man Walking. Cause it's, and it, it hits me on a spiritual level. Cause like, man, at one point in my life, I was a dead man yep. walking, Yeah. but also if I'm going for like a heavy bench press, I also, I also love just throwing it on there. So where did that, where did that, where did that song come from? Did you write that song? Or where yeah, did, I wrote that song, yeah. From? Um, we were sitting, I was sitting with a friend, and I think that the idea of, we were talking about, um, I would been crucified with Christ, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Yeah. Um, or therefore, if anyone in Christ, he's a new creation, the old things have passed away. Yeah. I was once dead in my trespass, I've been made alive in Christ. All these yeah. scriptures we were just talking about, yeah. like, man, before we gave our life to Christ, it, it, like we didn't really have life. I yeah. mean, it was like a dead man walking. It was like ding, 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 ding. Yeah, you were you you weren't yeah. truly you you weren't alive. Yeah, and then it just like was this exciting like I was a dead man. You're just singing that yeah. going, but until you know until I was a man walking with you. So yeah. it's like until I was a man walking with Jesus, yeah. I was literally had no life. Yeah, that He breathed life into me and that more abundantly. Yeah. and there's a celebration to be yeah. had. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like so, yeah. working out. I had enough friends. How, 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 how pumped were you when when you when that song? It's pretty exciting. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, like uh, singing it, yeah. bro. I'm telling you, like like even live tonight. Yeah, because you're we're gonna do the show, but even live, it's I, I can't. Ha- I get so excited. I mean, really? yeah, because for one, you know, I I love worship, and and I consider yeah. what I do still worship. And I think some people are like, well, that's not worship. It's not a worship song. It's like it is to me. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's all because when I sing these songs, even that song, I'm like in it, and yeah. I'm like thanking the Lord, and I'm and I think that um, is the beauty of all these different styles of music. So I'm now I'm yeah. already to something different. But my point yeah, is, yeah, is that yeah. that I get excited singing that because I worship to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, thank you. I'm saying thank you, Lord, that I was a dead man walking, but you yeah. brought life into me. Yeah. Like thank you, and yeah. I think. There's an excitement with that. And we should. We should have those yeah. moments of like gratitude of going, oh my word, I should be dead. <laughs> like yeah. literally. And no, you yeah. gave me life in abundance. Yeah. So well, that really I really love that song. Thanks, like man. seriously. Like <laughs> thank you. that song is so good. <laughs> thank you. I really love it's, it. It's my favorite to play live. It is it is yeah. your favorite to play? Yeah. There's another one tonight that maybe yeah. well, I guess well, I'm, exci- can't I'm excited take to hear away. it tonight. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, last thing I want to ask you, because so you wrote a book um a few years ago, um, called I Still Believe. Yeah. Your tour is called I Still Believe, and you had a movie come out two years ago based on you know based on your story. Yeah, called I Still Believe. Where where does that phrase I like where does that come from? Yeah, so I'll kind of yeah. try to like start from here and, yeah. and give a whole kind of scope. Um, so I remember. So long story short, I was married before my wife had cancer, and you know we met and battled through you know going through chemotherapy, going through all the treatments, and I remember just really believing that she was going to be healed. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking like, I really believe she was going to be healed. And so we prayed and we prayed and prayed. And in my heart, like I had faith, like you wouldn't believe it. I was like, yeah, she's going to be healed. And so I remember when, when she died, um, there was many, many moments of like, do I even, 
like, do I kind of trust you? Like, yeah. do I even believe that this can happen and all this kind of stuff? And I remember it was probably like three weeks after, and I just had been in a state of just depression and anger and just kind of in shock. Of course, it's grief. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, the love of my life, you know, it just died. And and um, so God spoke to me and just literally said, pick up your guitar. Yeah. And so I picked my guitar up and I start strumming. I didn't want to. Like last thing I, went, I was like, I don't want to pick my guitar up. You know, yeah. I was already upset. And but I was like, fine. Pick my guitar up and... Uh, you know, I remember this, Melissa always is having this, like, I always believe, like, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll always believe, you know. And so here I am just singing and kind of just humming. And all of a sudden I go, I still believe in your faithfulness. I still believe. I'm just kind of talking. I'm like, yeah. I mean, because I couldn't sing. I had no, like, anything in me. Yeah. And... It, that moment was like God placed in my heart just this understanding, like, you can trust me. Yeah. You can trust me. I know right now I feel untrustworthy because of what just happened, but mm-hmm. please trust me. And what came out of that was, okay, I still believe in your faithfulness. Okay. I still believe in your truth. All right. I still believe in your word. And that came out just going, even though I don't understand, because the song is very much like, Scattered words, empty thoughts seem to pour from my heart. I never felt so torn before. Seems I don't know where to start. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm confused. Like, I, yeah. this is, doesn't make sense to me. But I still believe in your faithfulness. And yeah. I think that was such a healing moment for me. And it wasn't like all of a sudden, I was great, you know. Yeah. But it was the start of that healing moment for me. And so here we are years later. You know, I remarried and, and yeah. uh, my wife's incredible. I have kids. And... um I've been sharing my story because people always ask me, you know, because mm-hmm. I wrote that song and the song that and then Walk by Faith I wrote on our honeymoon were songs that really impacted people's lives. And so they would ask the story behind it. Mm-hmm. And of course, it makes it even more impactful. And so let's fast forward and I get this, you know, phone call from somebody. I wrote a book because everyone asked my story. I'm like, I'll just write a, my story yeah. on a book, you know. Yeah. So talking to these directors, they call me like, "Hey, we read your book. We want to. We we think it's it could be a movie." And I'm like, "Okay." So these guys, the Irwin brothers, who are incredible, yeah. they did. I can only, just got done doing. I can only imagine. Mm-hmm. And um, they had read my book and said, "We want to do this. Let's we have conversations." So we had these conversations. We had this big interview. Interviewed me and my wife. And afterward, about probably three months later, they said, "You know, after we said yes, like about a week later, like yeah, we want to do this for sure." They said, you know what convinced us about doing this film? They said, your wife, Adrian. Wow. I was like, really? Like, oh, yeah. Like, her heart and her passion behind it and just like, like, we're all in. And I'm like, really? So So it shows her heart and it shows her dedication because she had said something. And I share this sometimes, you know, when I'm talking about it, but but I I always want to share it because she said to me one time, Jeremy, the reason why I can deal with this you talking about your first wife and she was not that she never has had any battles at all. It's like, you know, you have those little insecurities yeah. every once in a while. It's just, that's normal. But she goes, it's not about me. It's not about Melissa. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. Yeah. And I think you just go, okay, that's, that's, cool. that's where we can, if we have that mindset, it's not about us, it's about Jesus, then yeah. things can be dealt with more properly. And so we ended up doing this film. It came out. Um, oh my gosh. It's a pre-pandemic. It came out. Right? came out. Listen, it came out two years ago today. Today? That's so weird. That is really weird, actually. I'm like, because I just thought about it because... That is crazy. March 11th, yeah. the president declared a global pandemic uh-huh. and the NBA shut down. And we were like, oh, no. Went on tour. That night, we left for a tour. Thursday the 12th, they canceled the tour, the whole tour. And we're like... And the movie was coming out the next day. No and I was way. like, oh, Lord, please. And it came out. And it did. I mean, it was the number one movie in America when it came out the yeah. first night, which was like... Thank That's you, awesome. Lord. It's awesome, um, but it theater started shutting down. Yeah, and it was it was devastating. And Man. but I think what was amazing. That's weird. Two years today. Actually, Sorry, I'm like no, that is that's incredible. Talking about that, like that's incredible. To this date, um, but it came out on the streaming as well. And yeah, we we we, saw, we watched it on Amazon. Okay, so yeah. it, it did really well. Like it came out. So thankful that like God used it in that way. And I think honestly, God used it in a greater way too. Yeah. Like. You know, I, I think that because of what we were all going through, to, to have a, a movie about someone who was going through loss and confusion, but saying, okay, but God, I don't understand this hurts, but yeah. I still believe we were all kind of experiencing like, what is happening? You yeah. know? And I think that God used that in a deeper way. And so here we are, people are like, why are you doing a 
a tour two years later, yeah. I still believe, when it's like an old yeah. song, old book, and then the movie's two years old. It's like, this is the first time we've been able to do a tour yeah. from the from like yeah. having that get out there to the world. Yeah. And so, you know, I won't do it forever. It's probably going to be like this spring and this fall and then yeah. we'll move on. Um, but people keep asking me questions about it. So I'm like, well, it's the first time I've been able to go out and talk about it. So yeah. um, that's why we're doing it. But that's yeah. where it came from. That's where that's the phrase awesome. came from. And just, and just going, all right, yeah. no matter what, I still believe. It doesn't make sense, but I still yeah. believe. So That's so powerful. Yeah. Whew. It's been, yeah. been a journey. And I'll tell yeah. you what's been, what's been good but hard. There's a scripture in 2 Corinthians that says that we're called to comfort others with what we've been comforted. Yeah. And every single night I get stories from people of, of their heartbreak and their loss and things that they've been through. And it's heavy. Like, yeah. it's hard. But it's also like something I feel like God has put in my life to be able to be a comfort to, yeah. you know? And I'm yeah. super thankful to be able to have that. Yeah. Um, but it's not easy yeah. all the time. Yeah. So I have to be prayed yeah. up and, you know, yeah. ready for sure. Yeah. Well, what, uh, what would you say to somebody who's listening to this or watching this that has gone through... Because even for me, me and Sadie talk about this all the time. Like I've, we, neither one of us have lost somebody, yeah, super, like super close to us. And I just know that it would really, I would really struggle with it. Mm-hmm. Not, not, not from like God, do I trust you? But just from like, I just, I'm very close with my, yeah. like my people. Um, what, what would you say to somebody who's battling through that? Because like you know, like you said, two years ago it came out. There's been a lot of loss yeah. in the last two years, you know, throughout the world in our country. But if someone's listening to this and they're, you know, they're walking through that, maybe, you know, cynical towards things or even just, yeah. even just the grief, how would you encourage that person or comfort that person? There's a, there's a, a lot to say with that because I've learned with grief, there's so many scenarios and different situations are so different. What I can say, um, and I can go on for a long time, so it'd be a whole kind of like series of grief, you know? Yeah. But one thing I could say is that, what I would want someone to say to me or what I would want to say to somebody, either whatever that would be. So if I'm talking to somebody or when I was going through my situation, what I'd want was not for someone to try to tell me all the biblical things. Like, mm-hmm. let me explain that. Not that the word of God isn't, you can say, hey, near to the broken heart, he's like, the comfort thing's awesome. But like, one day you're going to see him again. It's like, you know all those things. Yeah. What I wanted people to do was just to put their arm around me and to say, I love you. I'm here for you. And just know that the scripture that says, the small scripture in the Bible where it's like, mm-hmm. Jesus wept. Yeah. He's weeping with you. Like, yeah. like I really believe that you have to understand, even though it doesn't make sense and you're going, well, then why would, if he's brokenhearted about it, why would he allow, you know, it, to allow it to happen? Yeah. Um, and I think that there's going to be those questions that we'll, we'll not know fully till we get to heaven. And, and I think that there's not an explanation. You know, we're, we're promised hardships. And yeah. it's such a hard thing to say. Um, we're promised hardships. He says in John 16, that I say these things to you that you will have peace in this world. You will face trials of many kinds, but take heart. I've overcome the world. Yeah. So, Hey, this is going to be, we're living a fallen world. There's brokenness, there's hurt, there's pain, Yeah. but I've overcome the world. Like I've overcome sin and death. Like even though uh, death might happen here, you know, on this earth, it's like, this is just the beginning. Like what I have in store for you. Once again, I said earlier, the momentary affliction is nothing compared to what he has in store for us. I think that we have to understand is, is God is near to the brokenhearted that he is. I believe that he's wrapping his arms around you, that he's weeping with you. Like he's, we have a high priest who can what? Empathize with our weaknesses. Yeah. Not just sympathize, but he can empathize with our weaknesses in that pain. So for me, it's the understanding that God has not left me yeah. He understands the inner darkest parts of my heart, the deepest hurts. And literally, if we just let him and just say, here's my heart, it's raw, it hurts. Mm-hmm. And trust him with your heart, even though you feel like, I felt like for a while, you're saying that you might not battle with trust. I did battle with trust for a while. And I still kind of battle with trust in the Lord sometimes. But it's just part of like my journey. Like I, yeah. I have to every day be like, okay, God, I'm not trusting you. Cause that's when like fear and anxiety come in when you're yeah. not trusting him yeah. and control comes in when you're not trusting him. Yeah. And so I'm going to say, okay, God, I'm going to choose to trust you mm-hmm. and watch what he does. Like he'll heal your heart. He's not going to take it and obliterate it. You know, and yeah. even though you feel like he may have just done that when you go yeah. through loss, that's not what happened. He's like, okay, now come to me. It's like, we have to get to the point where, you know, Jesus, you know, he, he, it's okay to, to have questions too. Like I tell people, yeah. it's okay to ask why. 
Like, yeah. people are like, well, we can't question God. I'm like, that's not my point. My point is, Jesus said on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mm-hmm. But then he, he got to a point where he did not get stuck in that spot. He said, but into thy hands I commit my spirit. He basically said, but I surrender. Yeah. Like, does that make sense? Why? Like, oh, but yeah. I surrender. And there's got to be a point in that where you just have to trust that God knows what he's doing, that he does things for his glory and his purposes and his goodness, yeah. and that he's never going to leave you, and that I believe he's weeping with you, and that it's okay to, to have those questions, um, but just don't get stuck there. Just say, okay, God, I don't understand, but but I surrender. Yeah. Um, those are all kind of things that we could discuss. Like I said, almost like a grief kind of thing. Yeah. But, you know, it was those, those conversations that I would have, and what happens in, in those conversations is that it brings about more conversations. You And yeah. each person deals with things differently. So I might talk to you who are dealing with grief and you start talking about things and I know, okay, I'm gonna shift it this way. Let me talk yeah. about this. And then this person talks over here. I'm like, okay, let me kind of take you along this journey. Yeah. That's the different thing about grief. There's not one thing that like, this is the thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's the beauty of of us having to, having to rely on the Holy Spirit. For sure. Like. I can give you lots of things, but like I just did, like here's some things. But ultimately it's like, God, I want to be sensitive to being your voice to that person. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Yeah. Well, I'm excited. I'm I'm excited for for tonight to hear to hear to hear you live. But I'm also excited to hear what challenges you have for us for this week. Yeah, I I love this because like you I saw kind of like the the challenge that you do, and I'm going, okay, I have I have one that's pretty basic. It's not yeah. specific, like do these push-ups or do these, and yeah. that's this, this is my thing. I challenge people to always read your Bible before you work out. Yeah. Okay. So that's a challenge because sometimes people I just want to get up and start working out. Yeah. Just to kind of start your day off, put your foot on the ground and say, mm-hmm. okay, I'm, I'm making you my priority. It's not a legalistic thing. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I always tell people, like, listen. Yeah. Not like God saying you don't read your Bible first. Then yeah. You know. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. It's just a challenge. It's a discipline challenge. challenge. Yeah. Read your Bible first and then work out. And then what I would say is as much time as you spend working out, read your Bible or spend time with Jesus. Or if you just want to say, you know what, I'm going to give, because they say 30 minutes a day, five days a week is a a good kind of workout. Uh Whatever your workout wants to be, give it 30 minutes and try to spend 30 minutes. Try to do equal. So read your Bible before you work out. Try to do 30 minutes if you're going to do 30 minutes. That's great. Challenge. There we go. Let's do that. 30 there minutes. There we go. Hey, challenge accepted. Right, there you go. Perfect. Awesome. awesome. Dude, come on, man. man. Well, hey, seriously, man, thank you so much for joining me today. I know that people are going to be encouraged and, and also just even just challenged, you know, with just your story and, yeah. you know, you overcoming that and, and, and here you are today. And so. Thankful you. to be here, dude. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This is fun. Thanks for being here. Congrats, dude. I like this. Well thank done. You. Yeah. This is good. The, the acoustics. Yeah, the acoustics are good, actually. The acoustics and the aesthetics. I have this panel in my studio, so you you knew exactly what you're talking about. There we go. <laughs>